Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi, and welcome to the RPG Show. My name is Brent. I'm your host. And today with me, I have two uh, wonderful guys, I guess. First is Nick. Hey, that Rue has red hair. Gantner, how are you doing this afternoon? Um, Wonderful, I guess. I'm doing good. I thought you said you had a headache. What's up with that? Like, well, you said, you said we're wonderful, I guess, guys. Yeah. Well, you I'm, dick. Oh, I see. I follow. It's a callback. I like it. All right. How about Glenn? I have no idea what I'm doing. Landrum, what are you doing? How's it going? I have no idea what I'm doing. Wow, that's all the callbacks tonight. Fantastic, guys. Hey, Glenn, why don't you tell us what we played uh, this month? Ease 1 and 2. Now that we played the Steam version, which uh, we played the... What is that? The Chron- Chronicles. Chronicles. So that's a, essentially the PSP version that came out in 2001. Now, I did some comparing back to the NES and Famicom. And it's essentially the same game, story-wise. Some of the maps have changed, but uh, other than that, it's pretty similar. So why don't you tell us a little more about the game, Glenn? Uh, they, as you said, they were released a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, now, back then, they were actually intended to be one game, but due to the limitations of the hardware, they were split into two. Um, eventually, you know, as tech got better and better and better, they were able to combine them but in general when you purchase the game it's going to be one and two um it's interesting the english localization was actually one of the first to ever use the dubbing style and this was a good thing because the original names of some of the bosses were done by people who did not understand what they actually meant in english case in point dark fact was not called dark fact he was dark fucked (laughs) <laughs> what m-u-k-t that is what they originally called him oh my god well that'll explain why he's so fucking hard yep oh god all right awesome so <clears throat> i'm not gonna lie when i first started this game up i was kind of impressed i was like okay it's like sort of the the intro cinematic he got like, I could tell this is a rich world that was going to have a pretty cool story. But right off the bat, fucking right off the bat, I hate how you play these games. Like, there yes. are some improvement in the second one, but it was an exercise in frustration for me from start to finish. Well, between the first and second, it's like night and day, because the first is just like, you're screwed if you touch somebody the wrong way but on the second at least you get some like shoot them up mechanics going on so you don't have to be up in everybody's face i don't know what night and day cycle you're living in but it was kind of like day and afternoon like you still run to things oh i can shoot a fireball that kind of changes so basically instead of having them have to come out with gameplay for how you're supposed to get in and attack the boss now it's just how often is he open against a fireball attack like it didn't really feel like too much change to me, to be honest. That's completely different. That is not even completely different. You can't touch them or you get hit. Completely different. If you say so, Nick, I'll just... I I have to say, I mean, 
way back when, this combat system probably would have been considered pretty cool, maybe even revolutionary. Nowadays, oh lord. I mean, well, the remedy in future installments, you actually swing your weapons. Yeah, from what I heard, the later ones are have a much, much better, more hack-and-slash gameplay. But um, what I read is that the reason they did this is they were tired of a lot of the old like Final Fantasy 1s and stuff where you enter battle, everything stopped, you do your battle, you continue. The idea behind this was that you would constantly keep moving. So you kill one enemy, you immediately go on to the next, you immediately go on to the next, you immediately go on to the next, so on and so forth. I guess they succeeded, except for the fact that I had to... Like, if I did not have a walkthrough, I would have had to stop every five seconds and write down where I went in these dungeons so that I wouldn't get lost. There's no navigating it without some sort of external sense of, like... Unless you have, you're a member of the fucking Cartographer's Guild. Like, I don't know how you're finding your way around some of these dungeons. Like, I guess I'm a member of the Cartographer's Guild because I didn't have any problems, dude. The first one, I didn't have so many problems except for maybe the tower. But even then, like, that was pretty pretty straightforward. But the second one, I got lost so many fucking times. Like, I ended up back where I started. Like, it blew my mind. Just how- Yeah, the second game, they, they were very much mazes in the second one. First one, like you said, not too bad. But, um, yeah, like, I was trying to avoid walkthrough as much as I could. Uh, that just didn't happen. Like, holy shit. Where's y'all spirit of adventure and exploration? All right, I'll, I'll tell you where my spirit in, of exploration went. It went right out the fucking window the minute I died, like, 20 times to one boss and got totally fed up with this fucking game. That's where it went, like, right out the window. Like, I left that on the side of 95, just kept on rolling. I was like, fuck it, I'm done, I'm done. But Nick, you know this about me, like, I don't, I don't like games that make me frustrated. Like, I don't play a game to be frustrated at difficulty. Like, I just want to play a game and have fun, and the minute I become frustrated, I'm not having fun. Like, cha- like challenge is great to a point, but after that, I ju- it just frust- it's just frustrating. I just, I just want to get up and walk away. Like, I almost broke my goddamn game controller. Like... <laughs> Really? What difficulty were you on? I was on normal. And like dark fact, I only beat him due to luck. Like some of the the bosses in the second one weren't too bad. A lot of the bosses in the first one weren't too... A few of them weren't too bad. Like I had some trouble in like the second one, the one you got to kind of like get its ass. Where like my hand was getting sweaty. So I kept like slipping off the key and he pinned me in a corner. So... Wait, the the little the serpent thingy? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I literally know why. I, I guess I lucked out. I walked in the very first. Oh, okay. No, it took me two tries because I walked in the first time. It came out of the wall because I didn't know what the hell to expect. And it pinned me in the corner like right away. And I was like, thank God I saved before I walked in there. And then I walked in again like the, the second time. And it like it, sp- it started going in circles. So I just kind of walked in circles around with it. And it didn't die in like 10 seconds. And I was like, well, that was easy. A lot easier than the first motherfucker. Yeah, no kidding. Like, uh... That's this game's saving grace for me is that you could save at any point, except for like in boss rooms and boss fights. Like they had everything minus just like pure quick saving, and without that, I think I'd have had a much bigger problem. Like if there was a like a save location you had to go to. Oh geez, like I don't know how I would have handled that. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree on that point. That was a godsend. 
the only thing is you have to know when to save. Yeah. Every time you change screens, save. That was my that was my motto after I lost like two hours of progress continuously. Oh no, you didn't. I was always losing progress. Like on two, I was in Ice Age of Ultra, and like just walking around, and then like I remember just like these goat things came out of nowhere, and like one of them pinned me against the wall, and I died in like three seconds. <laughs> and I was like, I've got, I'm done for now. I gotta get up and do something else. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, my very opening was great with Yeez One. Sit through the whole cutscene, beautiful, love it. Go through all the dialogue, love it. Go do the first objective. Have no clue what to do. Walk out, and yeah, I didn't have a weapon or armor. I didn't go well. Oh, wow. All right. So basically, the game starts with we get a nice little cutscene that shows us what the storm walls about or whatever, like him getting through it, and we wake up in the is it uh, port? Was it like Barbado or something like that? Yeah, Barbado, and. So we got to deal with like Slaff and the doctors are all like take it easy and basically here they just pit they just throw you out in the world right they give you no clue what to do and luckily for me it was a pretty quick assumption like I I went outside and it gave me the tutorial for combat I'm like okay this is where I'm supposed to be. And then I go hit the first guy and I do no damage and immediately get my face wrecked. I'm like, okay, I am there. I have to talk to everybody in the village because I talked to, to Slaff first and he didn't really give me anything. And that's where they sent me was the Slaff and he didn't do anything. So I'm like, okay, I must have to talk to fucking everybody. I knew the minute I, I came to that realization it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, this is what I'm in for. Right the game is going to give you no guidance whatsoever. The second one is better about sort of pointing you in the right direction, but there are times when I get lost and I would go reference a guide and there's like 20 steps and I'm like, I have to fucking do what? How did anybody ever figure this out? Like Christ. I, I can agree with that, especially on the second one. I would, I would argue the second one is at the beginning less helpful than the first because I got to the first boss without any fucking magic, and I, like, I died against him like twenty times because I was like, "What the hell am I supposed to do? Dodge the fucking firebolts?" But like, I'd touch it and then get wrecked because apparently you're not supposed to be able to fucking hit it. You have to use magic. So then I had to go look up a guide, and it's like, "Oh yeah, you're supposed to be like level six, so you can kill these golem dudes protecting this treasure chest." And then oh, you get this little cane that you go talk to the goddess statues, and like, oh, you can use magic now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Okay, so essentially, do at any point we actually find out where the hell um, Adol comes from? No, he's okay. a mysterious adventurer. He, he's in others. He's in the other Yeez games. I think, with the exception of the prequels, he's in all of them. Yeah, he's the main character of the franchise. I got that. Like, I just didn't know if in these first two it gave us any indication where he came from. Like, I understand. Like, he's kind of a badass. Like, by the end of the second one, more much more so than uh, Shining Force, I felt like Adol was like a like a badass, right? Because you get some interaction out of him that's not just other characters telling him what to do. So, but uh, I didn't know. I didn't. Because there was a lot of dialogue you could miss, so I didn't know if there was something like hinted that I might have missed. Mm, as far as I know, 
you don't really learn where he's from in these ones. I think later on, there's like they, because I, I don't know if they were planning on this being like a series, so maybe they didn't care. But I think, if I remember correctly, in later ones, they talk about the world as a whole and maybe where he came from. Okay. Because he ends up teaming up with Dolph, I think it's the name. I can't remember what the fuck his name is. The big dude with the blue hair that well, breaks walls. Yeah, the, the wall breaker, yeah. Yeah, eventually, like, they team up and do their own stuff later on. I can't remember hmm. which games have it, but they tag along and do shit. All right. So. Okay, so uh, we wake up in the town, we go through a couple towns, we, you know, you do some grinding, get you some better equipment. The first boss, did anybody have any problems with the first boss in the first game? Like, this is the guy that, that like, blinks from one place to another and just, like, keeps emitting flames from the wall? I will say... It took me a few tries, but... I eventually got it. I will say I overleveled for this because I was on nightmare mode and every, everything was kicking my ass. And so I think I was like level 11 or 12 by the time I fought it. And at that point, the flames weren't doing any damage to me. So I kind of just went, walked up to it every time it spawned and it died. What level would you say you were? Like 11 or 12, I think. You know, level 10 is the cap in the first Oh, game. that's right. Fuck. My bad. So it was like five or six, whatever. Okay. That's like boring. halfway like halfway to being level capped. Like I was level capped after the second boss. Yeah, me too. I level capped pretty early. So much so that like the I wanna say like the middle three bosses, I really have no recollection of it because I could just like boss my way through it. I just run in, just smack him a million times with the sword and they'd be dead. Like like there was no challenge for those. Um <clears throat> That's why I play Nightmare Mode. <clears throat> That's why you don't play Nightmare Mode, because we have a month to fucking finish this game, and I'd rather not, you know, be bald by the end of it. For Christ's sake. Uh, and it, oh man, I wish I knew what a wing did so much earlier. Like. Oh, you poor man. I, I played through the entirety of the first game and most of the second game before I was like, oh, that's what a wing does. They, so, don't they tell you in the store when you buy it? They're like, hey, you use this to come I back. Never, I never clicked on it. I went in that dude's uh, store once to get the, the pendant, and that was it. Like, I never went back. Like, the only other stores I went in were, like, armor and weapon stores. We can't fault the game for that. It's your fault. Why is it my fault? I don't trust you. Because you didn't, you didn't, like, go explore your options. You know what? I had enough map exploring to do. Okay? It was literally exploring the menu. Like, hey, this dude sells shit. What does he sell? I guess. Like, it was all super overpriced at the beginning, so I didn't ever think to go back. Uh, so, then the second boss. That's the serpent guy we talked about earlier. Did anybody have any problems with that boss? As long as you avoided getting pinned, like like you said, I mean that's that's something of the, the game in general is just don't get pinned because if you do, you're basically dead. But if you can avoid that, he's not too bad. All right. So yeah, I had more issues like with the um like the impromptu escort mission that popped up out of fucking nowhere when oh, you freed. Yeah, I was like, like as soon as I freed her, I'm like, am I supposed to go down into the shrine? and keep going or do i go out into the town so the first time she got her face fucking just wrecked because i'm like 
I'm like, okay, come on. And like, I'd run like 20 miles an hour and she'd be like crawling along the screen and then some monster spawns behind her. I'm like, fuck, I can't. Oh, well, game over. Great. So I had more issues with that than I did with the boss. Yeah, I can admit. I can see that. But so after we meet Fina and we already met uh, Rhea in what village was that? The Troubadour? Yes. Well, please a harmonica. I don't know if you'd really call her. Minia? Minia? Yeah. So, I saw that plot twist coming a mile away. Like, a game away. A full game away, I saw that plot twist coming. That they were actually the twin goddesses or whatever. What? It took you that long? As soon as you you look at them and they both have the blue hair. And oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay. Like, instantly, I was like, oh. They're going to be like goddesses or reincarnations of them. There you go. That's that. And then, I mean, I could sort of see all the people, like the major players, being descendants of the priests. Like, if they're going to make the leap as so far as that you're dealing with these goddesses in person, then why not every major assist like person that assists you in your quest be a descendant of the priests whose book you were taking and then giving back repeatedly. So uh well, not like not all of them assist you. One of them is the fucking worst asshole in the world. Which one do you say that is? Dark Fact? Oh Dark Fact, yeah. Yeah. Well yeah he's the only one because he's the fallen priest or whatever. He's a fucking jackass. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that... Yeah, we can skip the other bosses in the first game because they're all pretty unremarkable except for the no. bat the bat boss. Fuck. Fuck the bat boss. That bat boss was a bitch. Like, but the easiest way to do him, I found, was, like, right when you enter the room and he spawns, you run down to below him and as soon as he goes to, like, bat form, book ass to the bottom right-hand corner. And it... For me, it all came down to it was a game of chicken between me and him. Like, I had to see how close I could let him get with that first bet before I ran away. Because sometimes he would, he would like pull them all together at the last minute and flash and I could hit him. And it was a lot of just corner to corner, hoping that he would like transform. That boss, fucking Christ. You know the fun part about it, though? What's that? Y'all were playing on normal. On oh, Nightmare, can... all the bosses, they, they go twice as fast, and if they have projectiles and shit, they spawn like twice as many. So there's twice as many bats on the fucking field. And I'm like, I was like, fuck me. I almost Why? threw the controller at the wall with this. That's suit. when you stop playing an RPG and start playing a, a bullet hell. That's Why? what I was playing. <laughs> Why would you play on that difficulty, though? Like, that's what I'm not, that's what's getting me. Why play on that, that hard of difficulty? Because when I did time attack, I did it all in one try. Because oh. everything was moving at a snail's pace, and there were no projectiles to dodge, and I was like, "This is like this is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life right now," and I felt so accomplished. I'm glad you felt accomplished. I would have felt like I wasted my goddamn time. Difficulty and challenge and like uh, artificial difficulty, quote unquote, or whatever. That's my fetish. I can see that because the fucking bad boss is hard enough on normal, let alone. Hard or nightmare, I couldn't imagine. I probably would have quit. I would have called John and said, "Fuck it, we're not doing this show anymore. I'm, I'm done. I don't care. This is the worst." 
Well, it's a good thing you didn't do that then. Yeah, no, it would have been bad. Um, so, how did, did you guys like the little animation sequences a lot? Because I liked them a lot. I thought they were pretty cool. Not, I mean, they're nothing too terribly special, but I mean, they were good. Did you know that depending on what graphic settings you're choosing, then you get either the the um, the animations or you get like on-screen cutscene type things? Yeah, I think I had it set to the older one because I was getting like really like four by three, super low res, short anime clips. So I guess that's the older one. Yeah, it'd be stuff like if you go and inspect a tree, like on the newer graphics, I guess it cuts to a little animation or cutscene, and like it looks, it shows at all like looking up at the tree, and it like kind of pans up. Well, that's what I got, but I had all my stuff set to the oldest I could set it to. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I read wrong then. But I could have sworn somebody said if you have it set to older settings, then it, it like it just shows on-screen character sprites doing stuff. I was like, oh, that's cool. No, because I noticed like some of the newer stuff. Like, if you set it up to the newer stuff, there's way more animation on the screen at one time. So I could find it believable that they would, it would be extra animation, like, rendered animation, because they would have to render that in real time, as opposed to playing a video, it's, you just load up a video. It's much, yeah. it's much less code there. So, um, we fight the bat boss... It, then there's like how many bosses were in the tower? Does anyone remember how bo- four four bosses in the tower? That was crazy. That tower went on for fucking ever. It was a good. It was the half of the game right there. I know the last half of the game. What what is with old RPGs and having towers? Like always towers nonstop. Well, I guess they thought they were cool. I guess. I mean, it would have. If to you're be- if you're a badass evil dude, you got to be at the top of the tower. Come on. Seems like a bad Floating plan. Floating castle. This seems like a bad plan. Like I would rather be in the deepest part of a dungeon than in the tallest part of a tower if I'm a bad dude. Because if this is a world where magic exists, right? Why not just you know break out the bottom of the tower? I mean, it's, it's a game. I don't know. I guess. But um, so we go through. Really, nothing in the the tower was that remarkable. Uh, except for the fact that they give you, what are they, like the battle sword, battle shield, and battle armor. Literally two floors before Dark Fact, but you can't use them on Dark Fact. you got to use the silver shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Funny thing, I actually got lucky with that. Um, as soon as I picked up the battle stuff, I actually saved... And I came back the next day and completely forgot to equip them. So I was running the rest of the dungeon with the silver shit. So I actually never had that trouble with Dark Fact. Yeah, I did. I went in there and I'm hitting him. I'm like, why the fuck is he taking no damage? There's no way I can beat this guy. And then I was like, oh yeah, they said he could only be damaged by the... Whatever they called silver in this game. And uh, I put that back on and that was much better. But it still took me every bit of two and a half hours to beat that motherfucker. I'm not even lying. Like, it got to the point where I'm standing, I'm up, I've gotten up off my couch, like, I went and sat on the end of my table for a while, my coffee table, and I'm even closer to the TV, and then I'm just standing right in front of the TV, like, white-knuckled, holding this controller, just madder than shit, like, I'm foaming at the mouth, like, this motherfucker needs to die. It was just... I didn't get that bad. 
Like I died like fifty times, and then I was like, um, I'm just gonna try again tomorrow. I am bad at these types of games. Like this is not my forte. Like anything that requires fast reflexes, not me, not me at all. Well, it's a mix between reflexes and then like pre-planning, like on the fly. Like, cause especially for that guy, because you have to follow him around the stupid fucking screen and then like predict where he's going, but then also make sure you don't step back on a spot you already stepped on and then also try to keep your walking pattern to the outside of the field so that way you're not cutting yourself off and trapping yourself like in the middle somewhere and getting screwed. So um, did nobody else have problems with the two little floating head dudes though? Oh no, those are super easy. Because wow. you, could, you could hit them not at a... Not on nightmare mode! You could hit them at a corner... And you could go through the diamonds every time. Like, I think it took me two tries. Yeah, because... Okay, uh, this is one of those things on Nightmare Mode where I, they were moving, like, at fucking jet speed. So you had, like, half a second to determine whether or not you can make the diagonal dash. So I did those, like, 50 times, too. Oh my I was God. so mad. Why? Like, this... It all seems like an exercise in frustration to me. Why would you do that? It's rewarding. All right, so he kills Artifact, and we go. It takes us into the second game from there. Like the the story for, in Use Two picks up at the end of Use One, and I guess we sort of get explained the cutscene between at the start of Use Two, like at the end of Use Two. But I was super confused. Like it took me damn near to the end of the second game to realize I was on a fucking floating island in the air. What you didn't notice that you like you got you got teleported or transported up there or whatever? I You're guess. Not paying attention to the cutscene. I I watched the cutscene, but that's that's not what I got from the cutscene. It was like every other intro to an anime I've ever seen. Like I was like, okay, there's something floating in the sky. And there's well, like also, a beam. Like for the whole first game, they're talking about ancient East. Ancient East. East is this place, and you wind up there. Do they ever do they ever reference it as being in the sky? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't think they did. They said this is like the Lost Continent or some shit, right? Yeah, so, like, I just thought it was across the ocean or something. Behind the storm wall. Alright, fair enough. So, and I'm just playing along, and then I'm like, wait a second, I'm in the fucking air? That's actually pretty cool, I guess, but... Damn it! (laughs) Like, this game isn't telling me anything. Like, this world is pretty red. I like it. But you're not giving me anything. Nothing. And then I finally meet somebody that I think's pretty cool, and I'm like, oh, you named the demon guy Keith. Really? <laughs> Fucking Keith? That's what you got? Christ. Well, Keith is a pretty badass name. No, it's not. Like, Bandit Keith from Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm sorry. Keith is, a, Keith is an evil name. I'm sorry if anybody out there you know, listening is named Keith. But, like, no. If you were to be transplanted yourself into an RPG and you're going to be a dude that got turned into a demon, like, you'd, let's be fair. You'd say change my name. Give me something better. <laughs> Not Keith. So, I mean, he's probably the most useful NPC that we dealt with. Just showing up at every opportunity to tell you what to do. It's like, thanks, Keith. But, uh, so... He's a nice guy. They added magic into the second... I'm just going to call it the second half of the game. 
because it's essentially the same game. It's a continuation of the story. The mechanics are identical with the exception of the addition of magic. So they give us magic and they only give us one fucking spell that does damage. And what's that about? Did you really need more spells to do damage? Yeah, I mean, you... it's all utility. Like, you've got Return, you've got the fucking Transform 1, you've got um, Shield 1. Yeah. And then you get the Fireballs, and you got the Light Spell, which lights up shit, and you get the Time Magic. Keep in mind, this was made when the storage wasn't all that great, so actually the number of spells we did get was pretty impressive for the time. They just never updated it. Okay, but they give me... Well, how many items was it that modified the fireball? You had the Hawk Idol. And wasn't there another one? I think so. That gave you, like, multiple ones or something? If so, I don't think I ever found it. Hmm. I suppose I could look it up, but I'm not going to. But, to me, you could have just gave me another spell. Right? Like, why give me another item to modify it? I think it'd been better just to give me another spell. Well, because it's like customization. Everybody loves customization, right? I guess. I, I don't know. It just... The whole game was... Uh, I wasn't very thrilled, to say the least. So... Uh, spoil sport. I, no, I mean, I had fun for the first, you know four hours and then i was done uh, it, it got old quick for me so do we have any particular trouble bosses in the in the second game i know i didn't really until the end because uh, even the guy at the end was a lot easier than dark fact yeah, oh, yeah the bosses were at least in my opinion they were a bit more straightforward or at least it's more obvious as to what you need to do than the first one. Yeah. I mean, I guess, because it was, it's all about attacking at range, so... Yeah, um, you have more opportunities to kind of watch what the hell's going on instead of like, alright, well, I guess I gotta run up and fucking do something. And so, our last game was Shining Force 2, and I feel like this game has a much better story and more in-depth story than Shining Force 2. But I also feel like there's a lot less to talk about in the story in this one than Shining Force 2. And I can't explain why that is. Um, I'd have to say it's probably because in terms of like the grand story, Shining Force 2 took place over a much larger like multi-continent. This was very focused on a few key areas and people. It's also shorter games. I guess. Like, time span wise. Like it's like well like how long did it take all to be like sixteen hours less? Pro- I don't know. To beat both, I'd say eighteen, counting in all the retries I had to do. I'd say mine's probably something similar. Mine's a bit skewed because there's a few times where I set the controller down and had to get up and then forgot to come back and like, you know, turn the game off. So I didn't really have an accurate depiction of my game time but i'd say it's something similar all right so it's like pretty much half the time we spent playing shining force i guess i think i'd probably be shining force at about 30 hours though uh roughing it 
So I mean, all right, I can see that. And most of the most of the times, but all right, the because spent most of my time trying to beat bosses and find my way through mazes. Like the stuff in between, really. Like if I knew where I was going every time and knew what to do with each boss when I got there, I could probably beat both these games in less than eight hours. Yeah, I can agree with that. So, like, I guess it stands to reason then story isn't as, like, I guess lengthy, you know? It didn't need to be for what the game was. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. I mean, you know, once again, if you go back to when it was released, you know, this was right at the beginning of when RPGs were starting to incorporate more and more story. So, you know, I mean, this is this is the granddaddy of a lot of the games that we play. Okay, alright. So, there are a few achievements in Steam, especially uh, between the two games. Did you have any sort of tips or tricks to help people get those, Nick? Um, I mean, they're mostly straightforward if you know what you're looking to do. Like, okay. take for example, um, there's one called Pim's Lower Approach in East 1. Um, you have to go, to get it, you have to go talk to that shopkeeper, Pim, who you didn't, because you're like, I don't want to use his items. But he is the one that sells the wing, he sells, um, the sapphire ring, which you use for a quest. And I think he sells, it's like an elixir or something? I think it's like a healing item, but it's like outrageously expensive. But, you can get a, a discount from him, um, off 10% if you pick an item and you go to buy it, but then refuse, and then buy it, then refuse, and buy it, refuse, buy it, refuse, like, ten times, I think, nine or ten times. Um, then he's like, oh, you're a great negotiator. You drive a hard bargain. And then he'll give you a permanent discount of 10% off. Okay. Um, and then there's also, you can be a creep with Fina in two different ways. In, that, uh, in the first shrine, in the shrine where you rescue her, it's a little um, kind of like alcove, I guess I would call it. Like a little path, like a dead-end path. Um, off to the left of the stairs in the first room where you rescue her. And you have to get her in front of you and kind of like push her towards the wall. And if you wow. do this if you do this with, uh, with, without an item equipped, um, she kind of just like, it's like, oh, you're kind of creepy at all, whatever. But then like if you put on this mask... There's like because there's an item in the, in the game that's like this mask I can't remember what it's called but it allows you to see hidden um, like paths and stuff but you can't see anything on the screen like you can't see monsters you can't see characters nothing so it's all kind of invisible but you, you see hidden paths if you put that on and you push her in there she gets like super fucking creeped out she's like please it's almost like please leave me alone I don't want to walk with you anymore kind of creepy levels wow so yeah. that's that's good that's good stuff I laughed my ass off raping a goddess. That's that's inappropriate, Adol. Jesus Christ, creepy. Um, well, you can also level up Fina in that same dungeon, you, which you have to do for an achievement, which is kind of a pain in the ass because you have to use a mirror. Well, you don't have to use a mirror, but it's recommended that you use a mirror to freeze a monster. Then you just got to like push her into the monster and she'll start hitting it. And if it dies, she'll level up, and that's an achievement. Wow. I but no she doesn't gain do any that. stat bonuses. She stays the same shitty Fina, so... It's, like, not even worth it. You can also level up Dude Man in the second one who travels around with you. Okay. The kid? 
Uh, yeah, like he throws rocks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, him, it's recommended to change into the Rue with the transform magic and kind of like get in between him and a monster. So that way the monster just kind of runs at you and doesn't hurt you and he just pegs it. And you can get him to like a max level of 25 for an achievement. Okay. There's no real hidden, hidden things in this game other than some secret dialogue because almost uh, every item that's hard to get to is required for something because you get a lot of items that you use once and then never again. So there's that. Uh, there's nothing really hidden for us to discuss. Uh, how did we feel about how the game looked and sounded? I thought it was gorgeous and loved the soundtrack. Soundtrack was I, okay. I've actually got like the anniversary edition of East. Um, I think it's Memories of Solteta, and it came with like an expanded arrangement, like a redone arrangement of a bunch of like awesome songs from all the games. And the Ice Ridge of Nulture is my ringtone. I'm not sure if anybody's ever heard it go off, but it doesn't go off very often. But it's my ringtone. Yeah, I'm the only person that calls you. Um, but <sighs> that's all right. Our love is real, Nick. Uh, <laughs> so I also thought the soundtrack was amazing. Like I went through and put the sound card setting to all the different ones to listen to all the different music. The some of the slow paced stuff, I wasn't. It was, I thought was okay, but any of the like the fast pl- fast paced intense stuff was fantastic and super catchy. Like I really really enjoyed it. And the visuals were also great, even at the lower settings. Like I like the, I love those cutscenes. I love um, anytime they did any sort of overlay to the to the screen. Like uh, for instance, when you beat Dark Fact, like you get some like uh, you get a bunch of extra effects on the screen going on. Like I thought all this stuff looked really great. I didn't have I didn't have too much to complain about with how the game looked. And I even went back and looked at some of the, uh, like the NES and Turbo, Turbo, fuck, I can't talk today. Turbo graphics? Yeah, Turbo graphics versions. And for what they were, they were working with, those also looked pretty good. I mean, those were incredibly small chips in both those consoles, the Turbo graphics more so than the NES. And they did well with what they had to make it uh, look unique, especially for the time, so. They were they were they were firing all cylinders on that one. Yeah, I agree. I also appreciated that, even though, like for some monsters, you only see them in like one area for one screen. You never see them again. But they took the time to actually give you a lot of different and interesting. I thought personally interesting looking things to fight. So yeah. you're never always just fighting the same thing over and over again. Yeah, I d- on the same screen. I don't think I ever ran into a recolor of a monster. Yeah, that was actually one of my favorite things because. Older games like that love recolors. Even new games do it. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking blue version of the red thing I fought before, you know? Yeah. So, so I was really impressed with that. And I also appreciated that each monster kind of had a different way of attacking, especially in the second one. Like, the first one, not so much. Like, they all just kind of run at you. But the second one, like, some of them have, like, charge moves. Some of them are just kind of faster and they'll come at you. Yeah, some of them like will swipe the area you're coming in. So like if you come around a corner and you're not paying attention, you'll walk right in their attack. They um they got some pretty they have some pretty cool uh deals. And 
as for as frustrating as the bosses were, I felt like all of them were in, pretty unique, actually, especially in how they look and move around the the field. Like I found that to be pretty impressive as well. And you had to use a different strategy for each one. Uh, unless you're overleveled, then it's all just fucking attack really fast and they die. Yeah. Or if you play on Nightmare. Or if you play on Nightmare like an idiot, don't ever fucking do that. I don't know why the fuck you would do that. Because it's enjoying the game as it was truly meant to be. No, no, no. Because like you said, if if you're on normal and you just level up, then everything's a cakewalk. You're not actually really playing the game how they intended it to be played. You're just crushing everything and moving on to the next zone. And that's what that's I like my, to do. That's my defense for it. I like to feel like an almighty like bringer of mayhem. I don't like to feel like a little weakling. I like to feel like I'm raining destruction down on these demons. Like a legitimate well, hero. Exactly. Well, your archetype is big, badass, brooding muscle asshole with giant hammers. All right, no, I, no, play, no. I prefer more like dexterous characters who aren't necessarily the strongest, but like get around and solve like deal with the problems their oh. own way, you know. Hold the fucking phone, all right? Like, we want to talk about some archetypes and who we play and, like, RPGs. Now, I may choose the warrior, like, big, bulky archetype, but I'm not the one playing the assholes, okay? Let's be honest here. I always play that. Exactly. I'm not ashamed of it. It's because I can't be an asshole to everybody in real life, so I don't be an asshole. Well, I mean, I kind of do. I'm an asshole to you sometimes, but everybody else. Like, I will give them the chance... We walk into a town, somebody's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, fucking dandy. Now give me your money. Exactly. I don't give a shit. So you can't give me that asshole tag, all right? Like, take that tag off of there. All right. All right. I just attribute big muscle dudes to assholes. It's kind of a bias. Damaging childhood, I understand. Fucking ice cream truck out there. Like, I hope everybody can hear the ice cream truck, because it's fucking ice cream truck. It's 7.30 at night. Why the hell is there an ice cream truck driving around my neighborhood? That's creepy as shit. There's still daylight out, man. I mean, but that requires me to look outdoors. Like, who fucking does that? Little kids hopping in the ice cream truck, getting ready to go on an adventure. That's okay, me. so we're getting ready to give it our ratings, because uh, we're in it about that amount of time. We just need to start wrapping up. And I haven't discussed this with you guys yet, so we're going to talk about it right here on the show. Do we want to give Ease 1 and 2 separate ratings, or make them share a rating? Given how short they are and the fact that they were intended to be this basically the same game anyway, just do it together. Okay. Um, I don't know. I I think they were like st- the second one added a d- like different amounts of complexity to the gameplay, where I don't feel it's fair to give them a s- the same score because like in the first one you're just walking into shit. Gameplay is not really like it's just walking into shit. Like it's it's different gameplay in the second because you have options, even if they're according to you dumb like you only get one attack magic still an ex- like completely well not completely different but like an expanded upon gameplay all right so i would give the second one a higher score in gameplay than the first all right well that's fine we i have them already listed as two different uh games in the or visiting past games uh sheet here so if you didn't come up with two different scores glenn we can just apply the same score to each game if you want that's probably what i'd do anyway all right, fair enough. So, how about we start with gameplay? Glenn, how do you feel about the gameplay between Ease 1 and 2? 
honestly, I've got to give it a two. I just did not like the combat mechanics at all. And the fireball helped, but it just was not enough to me. All right. Uh, how about you, Nick? What do you think for gameplay? Um, I'm going to go with three for the first one because it's one of those things where, like, you first introduced to it and it, you get to pop up and it's like, okay, just walk in the shit. So it's simple to understand but complex to actually master because you're moving around with a bunch of different variables and it is a, I guess I would say a much needed change of pace as compared to like the of the time RPGs where you're not interacting as much. So I've, I felt it was okay. I like it. Then again, I'm also biased because East Games are like one of my favorite series. But for the second one, I will give it a four just because... It's kind of the, more of the same, but they fine-tuned the mechanics a little bit. Like, it's easier to go diagonally and get kills that way. And then you also get the fire magic. And you also get the choice to not actually fight anything if you don't want to, if you just turn into a goddamn rue and walk around everywhere. So you get more options, and I appreciated it. All right. I am going to give the first game a 1 and the second game a 2 because I hated them both. Like, the gameplay was boring, unoriginal, uh... Like, sure, it's simple, but so is Mario, and I have more buttons to press in Mario. Like, come on. There are more things you could do with what you have than making me just run into things. And it's not difficult to master. It's a matter of, are you fast enough to re- respond to what the boss is moving? It's not, I don't, I didn't find it refreshing in any sort of way. Um, let's talk about story. Nick, how'd you feel about story? Straightforward, simple. Um, I kind of guess, like, I would say maybe a little, maybe a little engaging because I was always like, all right, what's happening next? What's going to happen? Like, it, it kind of propelled me forward. Like less so. Like I was less interested in like going to the next zone because I was like, oh, great, more shit to kill. I was interested in the next zone because like, all right, what happens next? Kind of thing. Personally, um, for the first one, I'd give it a three. Because it was kind of like straightforward. Like the only it pulls a typical trope where like you don't you don't know who the big bad is until you f- you see the big bad at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Like they mentioned, like some dude in a cloak who like is going around like kidnapping people or whatever or like ruining shit. But you don't know who the hell it is or what it is or what like what relevance it is to the story at all until you get to the end. And he's like, oh hey, I'm trying to rule the world. So yeah. I don't know. Like uh, I guess. Two or three, three, two or three, roughly around there. Two point five. We'll do that one. No, no halves. No halves. No halves. Can't go halves. We no. can get a half chub, so we can't get a half score. Fine, I'll do a half score. Two point five, just to make you happy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and the three. Um, I like the storyline a little bit better. Like they, they had like foreshadowing. You know, like you get cutscenes of the enemy dudes like talking. You kind of see who they are a little bit and I felt like it flowed a little bit better because there was more interaction with characters as opposed to the first one. So I'll give that one a 3.5. No, no. You're killing me, Nick. Deal with it, man. You're killing me. Alright. Making me break the rules every day. Alright, Glenn, how'd you feel about the story? Um, I actually will split my score on this one. The first one, I'm going to give it to just because it is such a formula. They stuck to it very well, but for more modern gamers, it's, I mean, you know the story. Um, I will give the second one, though, a three, 
because they did try new some new things and they did try and twist it up a little bit. Some of it was hilariously obvious, but you know, they tried. All right, I'll give both games a three in story because that's all that kept me moving forward. I didn't think that the story was above average. It it was good, but it wasn't great. You know, it wasn't above average. So, I mean, it, it was interesting and propelled me forward. It was probably the only thing other than this show that kept me going through the game because I wanted to see where it ended up at the end of the second game. All right, Nick, uh, how about we score how the game looked and sounded? Five. Five across the board. Five and five. High scores from Nick. You want to reiterate why you feel that way? Um, I think it's a, an amazingly done port. They improved everything about the games from the original. Well, I don't know. You won't agree with about the music because you liked the chiptune-y sound mm-hmm. a lot better. I but, did. Um, like I've got the like I said I've got the soundtracks, so I listen to that shit all the time and um, like I feel like you can't go wrong whether or not you listen to the chip tune or the remastered versions of the music because they're both great in their own little way. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like so, like you can pretty much play the game however you want, whatever graphics you want, whatever sound you want. You're gonna have a good experience. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, Glenn. How do you feel about how the game looked and sounded? Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I don't fully agree with you guys on the music. Um, I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. Just not as good as I've heard others. So I can't I can't give it a perfect score. Okay. All right. I can see where you're coming from there. I am going to go with Nick, and it's getting uh, double fives for me. Uh, I thought the how the game looked and how the game sounded was great. Like Nick said, I did prefer the chiptune sound over uh, the fully more orchestrated stuff. But that's simply because the chip, like I like the way chiptune sound and that I was thoroughly impressed at the music they were getting out of a PC-88 chip. Like if they were getting that range of sound and evoking the kind of feelings that it evoked to me when I was playing the game out of a PC-88 chip, those dudes were crushing it. Like they really put a lot of effort into it and I I appreciated it and I, it impressed me thoroughly. I'm not sure if it's just if it was if it had started with just these games, but Falcom, I'm not sure if y'all noticed or knew, actually have their own like in-house like dedicated sound team. Like it's called the Falcom Sound Team, I think. And they focused just on their games. And so they've got like an orchestra and everybody to just focus on the music. That's why it's always fucking amazing. Alright, I can it definitely shows like the amount of effort they put into that definitely comes through um so that's pretty much it for the yeez one and two uh, i don't know if we have any of the other ones on the list i think some of the new ones are a little too modern for us but we'll look at adding some more to the list please don't but if you guys Hello. out there have anything that you would like us to play you can go to our website the rpgshow.com you can click on the games tab and there you'll find the sheet that we're keeping track of all of our games we have to play and our current scores on them on that page. If you see you don't see something you want us to play, send us an email to the RPG show or podcast at the RPG show.com. If you we want to hear from you guys. We know there's a few of you out there listening. We appreciate the hell out of that. 
but you can go a step further. You can give us a rating and review on iTunes, and also send us an email. We want to know what you thought of these games. Did you play them with us? Did you play us after play it after listening to us? Send it an email. Podcast at drpgshow.com. Man, I bit my tongue earlier today, and this is hard. Like you don't even understand. So, uh... <laughs> so next up, we're we have Nick choosing a game, and Nick, you have made your choice. What game are we playing? You you kind of forced my hand a little bit because I was gonna offer y'all the option of keep kind of retro or go a little bit modern, and we since we had to reschedule the recording a day late. Um, you asked me to pick already, so I picked, and we're doing Wild Arms 1. Yes! That is a game that I have yet to play. It is, I know, I know that is sad, and I want to play it so bad, and that was one of the games that I added to the list, and I was like, I could not wait till we get to the game, so I am super pumped to get into that game and review it with you guys. Just so y'all know, before we, before y'all get started playing it, Sit at the main menu and just let let the main menu flash because you'll see the opening cutscene. I think if you're playing it on PS One, it'll have the opening cutscene. It'll have like Rudy and Jack and Cecilia doing their fucking thing and playing like the best, in my personal opinion, the best song for any intro to any RPG ever. Like, uh, I used to cry whenever I listened to that music. But um, it'll be like the main menu. It's kind of like a brown and it'll have like press start flashing at the bottom and it'll say Wild Arms and it'll be like. As soon as you get to it, it'll be like dun 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 dun, and then like some percussion and shit going on. But just let it sit there for like a good couple minutes because you'll get a like a hidden um, like pre-plot like cutscene, and it's like a good like five ten minutes of just like in-game cut like in-game characters walking around doing shit and like talking, and it gives you a kind of like prologue. Yeah, it's a prologue. There you go. Um, like just before you start playing the game, so it gives you kind of like some background information on what you're going into and what like the world is like, and also possibly, um, who well, you'll it's I think it's about one of the main characters. So, Damn. so All it's right. pretty pretty fucking awesome. Also, there is a point in the game where you're in a dungeon and you get something, and then you have a timer on the screen. Most people just leave, but there's a hidden boss you can fight to get a hidden item. So. You may want to look at a walkthrough for that. Most people miss it. Okay, I will do so. Thanks for the heads up. Uh, our next show should be in two weeks. It will be another off-topic. We have not decided on exactly what we want to talk about. I have a few ideas. Uh, but again, another reason to send us an email. Like I said, we want to hear from you guys. We want to interact and see how you guys feel about the show. So you you have anything in particular you want us to talk about, any questions you'd like to hear us answer, send us an email. And chances are, it'll get read on the show and we'll talk about it. Like, I've already suggested tits and ass in games, but apparently that's not a good idea. I mean, I don't... Th- like, that's a longer... Th- we gotta keep it under an hour and a half, and I think our discussion on tits and ass in games would go longer than an hour and a half. We have to find... We might have to do a show on tits and then a show on ass. <sighs> Alright. I mean, I might be able to be I mean, okay with that, but... I mean, I do have an idea for, like, maybe a... A beauty pageant of sorts, like we could, like maybe like a a Miss RPG, right? Where like the contestants go up to the ranks and we pick like a a Miss RPG show, or uh, then like maybe they want to do like some sort of like character showdown bracket. 
for different like archetypes. Like we could do like uh like the spring mage spectacular where we just go down and do character showdowns between mage archetypes across all of our RPGs and see who comes out on top. We could do some stuff like that. We could do some pretty fun stuff. Because I like to get carried away, go over the top. I come up with some cool sounders and some some clips to go with it. So it'd be fun. If any, like that if anybody out there has any ideas, or you like those ideas, or any suggestions for those ideas, please send them on in. We love to hear from you. But I think that'll do it for ease one and two. And see you next time. Everybody say bye. Bye. Everybody say bye. Thank you very much for listening to episode three of the RPG Show.